Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. I'm going to ask the exorcist if you all could come up front um, and you can, um, D'Angelo, if you would sit on this side, I'm going to have, we have a baby dedication today, so I'm going to ask that they would sit over here on the front row. People are slowly joining us on our virtual church. Where the, where the green is on the front row. Test, test. Check one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, yeah, that's good, Darius.
Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul Online. We are certainly delighted and elated that you are joining us this morning as far as our worship experience is concerned. Amen. We see many of you all are coming into our virtual congregation, and it is so great to welcome you as far as St. Paul Online is concerned. I want you to do me this favor. If you are watching us on Facebook, if you're watching us on YouTube, or if you're in um, our web on our website, there are several things we need for you to do. We need you to engage in what I want to call digital evangelism. So if you're watching on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure everyone remains in the same chat stream. And please tag those whom you want to invite while in the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our uh, channel and text this link of the worship service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on the church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. And I also would love to see us grow our virtual congregation that I'm able to see on Zoom. So if you get the email, if you would forward that to other people. And of course, we would love to see your lovely faces on screen. Amen. Amen. So as we take this wonderful opportunity to prepare to worship our God in spirit and in truth, I'm going to ask that Reverend D'Angelo Dia will come. He will lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. We have a baby dedication that we're going to engage in this morning. And so we're looking so forward to that. So do me a favor, wherever you are right now, put your hands together. Give God the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserve as we prepare to worship our God in spirit and in truth. Good morning, St. Paul. Good morning, morning, St. Paul. In the words of that great contemporary philosopher, J. Cole, ain't no life much better than yours because God has already given you all that you need in the form of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you know this to be true, give God some praise. If you're thankful for this beautiful weather, give God some praise. If you know that it was only God that brought you out of your yesterday into today, give God some praise. If you know that there's a great celebration in Zion waiting for you, give God some praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please join the choir for our opening hymn.
Our reading is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And you he made alive who are dead in trespasses and sin. And once you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the price of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind. We were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, of his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. God, there's no need to invite your presence into this sacred place because you're already here. And for that, God, we say thank you. God, we're thankful for another day to give you praise and honor. God, we're thankful for our leadership and for our pastor, God, and we ask that you would crown him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, God, so that he will deliver a word from on high, a word, God, that will renew, rejuvenate, and refresh those that are in need, God. So, God, whatever is distracting us this morning, God, be it anxiety, fear, financial pains, physical pains, God, I ask that you would move those things out of the way. And, God, for those trying to multitask this morning, God, whether they're watching or listening, God, I ask that you would tap into them and let them know that there's no such thing as multitasking when it comes to giving you praise and worship, God. So be with us this morning, God. Move those things out of the way so we can give you the praise that you richly and rightly deserve. It's in your name that we pray. Soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul.
awesome God that will give us the joy that we need to make it through this life. I don't know where you are, what you're going through right now, but praise God, lift your holy hands and lift your voice and let's praise the God that is full of so much joy, full of so much joy. And may we carry it with us as well. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you all, but that song got me ready to go this morning, man. All right. All right. Amen. Man, welcome, uh, welcome, and thank you for uh, joining us in service uh, right now. My name is Reverend Peyton C., and I'm the children and youth pastor here at St. Paul. This is the part of our service called the Impact Moment, uh, which is a, uh, a sermon or a message that I will be giving for the uh, kids in our congregation and the kids at heart as well. So I encourage everyone um, to listen and to tune in for the message that I believe God has um, for us this morning. And it being uh, Women's History Month, I feel like we have a great example of faith uh, for this moment as well. The title of uh, today's impact moment is this, Jesus is in the restoration business. Jesus is in the restoration business. Our verses for today will be coming from Mark chapter 5, verses 33 through 34. I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth, him being Jesus. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. As our bottom line for today, or the main point I want us to get from today's message is Jesus restores us. Simply that, Jesus restores us. My question for us this morning is, have you ever, you ever watched something on the History Channel? Kind of a strange question to start this morning, isn't it? Chances are that might be a big no, um, in all caps, for many of you kids out there. Um, but I guess for many of our kids at heart, that might be a little bit different. <laughs> because believe it or not, there are actually some pretty cool shows on the History Channel. I know, I was even surprised myself. One of them I used to watch with my dad all the time. It's called Counting Cars. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. But in each of these shows on Counting Cars, in each of the episodes, a guy by the name of Danny, who owns a car repair and restoration shop, sets out sometimes. He leaves his shop and drives around the local Las Vegas neighborhoods in search of a very awesome find. He wants to find cars that people have that he can hopefully buy and bring back. Now, the goal for him is simple. He wants to find and hopefully buy that person's car because he sees value in that car. He wants to find it, whether it's old or unique or, or it's both. And once he finds that car, he will try to restore it to its, or bring it back to its original condition. My favorite cars that he takes are the ones that seem so old that are, that look like they've never been driven in, in forever. Cars really aren't meant to just sit around. That's, that's not their purpose. And sometimes Danny will come across cars that have been sitting for years because the owner just either didn't have the money to fix the car or they have just given up on the car itself. A lot of times Danny sees value in the cars that he buys because he knows that although the car looks like it's struggling on the outside, he knows what kind of value it has when it is restored to its proper working and restored condition. Most of the time he makes these cars look even better than they originally look, guys. At times he even makes them look brand new, I would say. Now, when I think of counting cars in Danny, you might already be thinking of where I might be going with this. I think of how awesome it is to be restored. 
These cars are given new and clean parts. They're given a fresh coat of paint. They're given new interiors. They're given a sweet engine and a fresh set of tires to get them going on the road. Being restored is absolutely amazing. When I think of the restoration business, I can't help but think that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, he's in the restoration business too. He loves and searches for people young and old who are living their lives without him. A lot of times, if they don't feel important or valued, Jesus reminds us that we have value as a son or daughter of the everlasting God. We belong in God's family, and when we believe in Jesus, he does some amazing restoration work too. He washes our sins away, and he makes us brand new. Jesus restores us, guys. In our memory verses for today, a woman, she approaches Jesus ready to be restored, and she is. Our verses for today from Mark chapter 5, verses 33 through 34, again say this, Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at the feet of Jesus, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Guys, the gospel story of Mark tells us that while Jesus was walking along the road, a crowd of people surrounded him. Now, while he was walking along the road, this woman, she noticed him. And if you notice, the Bible doesn't give her a name. All we know her is by her condition. She has actually been suffering from bleeding for 12 years, which that isn't normal at all. The Bible tells us she went to doctor after doctor looking for healing. And then when she had spent all the money that she had looking for an answer, she didn't get any better. She actually got worse. Now, what's interesting about this woman is that because she had been sick and bleeding for so long, she would have actually been seen as being unclean in the community that she lived in. Now, what do I mean by unclean, guys? Well, the Jewish people at the time, they believed that if you had been bleeding for that long or if there was something wrong with you that made you physically wrong like that, then they believed that you were unclean and therefore unfit to worship God with other Jewish people in the temple because of your condition. They wanted to keep the worship place holy and clean. And although that has its place, this woman was made an outcast in her community as a result. And on top of that, anyone who touched her would have been considered unclean as well. So people kept their distance. So this woman, guys, probably felt alone. She might have felt unloved, outcasted, and left out. Her loss of blood probably made her weak and tired. She most likely felt down or depressed because she had spent all the money she had looking for answers and no doctor could give her an answer. But get this, guys. This woman hadn't lost hope. She saw Jesus and she instantly remembered all the great things that she had heard about him. She had heard the good news. She had heard that he was going around healing people and doing amazing things. Chances are she had heard all the rumors about who they said Jesus was. That this man wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a teacher. He was the son of God and she believed it was true. However, because she was unclean, guys, she couldn't approach Jesus or anyone without making them unclean too. So what she did next was very brave and it was full of so much faith. She came up behind Jesus in the crowd, probably crawling on a dirty road even because she didn't want to be seen because she believed that if she could just touch the edge of his cloak, just the edge of his cloak, she would 
be healed from her suffering. And when she touched Jesus, Scripture says that she was immediately healed. Praise God. At first, Jesus didn't know who touched him. And so as he noticed the crowd of people around him, he still felt that someone healed him. And so he asked who it was. Because the woman was unclean, she didn't want to reveal herself to Jesus for fear of punishment. But when Jesus asked again who touched him, and she courageously steps forward and reveals herself to Jesus. And what Jesus says to her, guys, is what gets me happy. He says in verse 34, daughter, 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 your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This woman had been to countless numbers of doctors. She had been outcasted by the community she was placed in. She didn't even have a proper place in the culture at that time. But Jesus speaks to her and gives her an identity that placed her in the family of God when he calls her daughter. He restores her back to good health, both spiritually and physically. And so guys, with this, I want to tell you, that it's important that we remember the restoration power that Jesus has. We can ask for physical healing, but this daughter of God, she sought more than physical healing. It was deeper than that. Jesus restores us. She found that restoration, not just physically, but also spiritually too. So guys, we can come to Jesus with our brokenness and our sin, and we can watch Jesus, Christ the Savior, restore our hope, our joy, and our life, he'll make us brand new. Will you join me in prayer this morning? Dear Lord, thank you so very much for your restoration power this morning. Thank you, God, for seeing us in spite of our sin and our brokenness and still looking at us and calling us son, calling us daughter, bringing us into the family of God. Your restoration power is amazing, Lord. Help us to walk in the newness of life that you offer us and remember that you have the power to change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you all. I love you very much. Thank you, Reverend C, for that wonderful word for uh, our young people in particular and for all of us in general and we celebrate the gift of you um, if you were blessed by that word can you give God some praise right now amen amen what a wonderful delight uh, for us here at the St. Paul Church to uh, witness uh, the continuing growth of our church and part of the way that our church grows is through uh, the ordinance of baptism but it also um, shows that we have life through the wonderful opportunity to dedicate a child back to the Lord. And in the Baptist church, we do not christen babies. We dedicate them back to the Lord. And so uh, today we have um, brother and sister uh, Darrell and Brenda Eskridge, who will be dedicating Kaler. Did I say that right? Kyler, Kyler, who will be dedicating Kyler, Brielle, Eskridge, and I'm going to ask that they would come down to the front. And if you could just celebrate and give God praise as they come at this time.
Amen. We give God praise as far as this wonderful moment is concerned. I want to say to these God-fearing parents and to this wonderful family, what a blessed joy it is for uh, you all to bring your child and allow for us to share in this opportunity as far as dedicating Kyler. Did I say that right? Kyler. It's like Taylor. It's like Tyler, except Kyler. All right. Y'all call a Kai. Can I call a Kai? Okay. All right. That's a lot easier um, uh, for me to remember at this time. Um, But it is such a wonderful joy for us to dedicate Kai back to the Lord. Uh, This is a demonstration of your faith. Uh, I've seen your works, and I know that this is not something you do out of perfunctory, um, but you do it because, number one, you have an abiding faith with God. You have a trust in God. You want your child to grow up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord so that one day she could come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Your works here at St. Paul thus far have proven that you want to live out your your discipleship with a high level of authenticity. So we're honored. We are so honored. And you serve as an example of what God desires as far as family is concerned, that a child be born within uh, the covenant content uh, context rather of marriage. And so with that, we take this wonderful joy. So what I want to do is to, number one, extend to you all this opportunity to make a covenant with God. And so do you, Darrell, and do you, Sister Brenda, uh, promise to love this child unconditionally, provide for her, and demonstrate God's grace and mercy in her life, if so, say we do. I'm going to ask that our congregation that's here, as well as those that are watching us online, and I know that some of them can't see you all, but I want you to do me a favor. If you don't mind standing up, wherever you are right now, if you're online, just stand up right now. Amen. And uh, to our virtual congregation, do you promise to pray for this couple? That they will raise their child in the fear and the respect of the Lord and be examples of God's grace and mercy. If so, say we do. Amen. Amen. At this particular time, I'm going to ask that if we could let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, we come to you right now and we thank you for these wonderful parents, this wonderful sister. We thank you, oh God, as far as Kai is concerned. We pray right now, oh God, that as her parents continue to serve you and love you and demonstrate faith, that one day she will see them and say, I want to be like mommy and daddy. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So God, right now, I pray that we as a church family, we do all that we can to give this family our support. Show them our love, and hopefully and prayerfully one day Kai will see us, and she will say, you know what? I want to be a part of the St. Paul tribe. Thank you for her life right now, God. Show you, show her who you are, even in this moment, that one day she will come down the aisle and say, I want to be baptized. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen.
high. Amen. We dedicate you in the name of the Father. We dedicate you in the name of the Son. And we dedicate you in the name of the blessed Holy Spirit. (laughs) Brother and Sister Eskridge, we have a certificate here. And this certificate is um, a reminder that she was dedicated on this day. It's been signed by me. And, of course, um, we want you to post it for her or either put it in a scrapbook to remind her that she's been dedicated. And we pray that the next step will be that she will become a part of the St. Paul tribe here. Thank you all so much for letting us be able to participate. And thank you all for your presence as far as this church is concerned. And thank you all for your work around here. Let's give God praise for the Eskridges. Amen. You may return to your seat. and say what you want to say but can I tell you the best witness of God's work in you is when you just keep living because they're assuming that you're going to die anyhow and the fact you're still alive is your greatest testimony do I got to hear this and encourage your neighbor and tell them don't let fear trump your faith but let faith trump your fear faith the hellishness of your situation disciples of St. Paul and to all of those who are watching us online. Uh, we take wonderful delight that you are joining us in this virtual sacred space at this time. You have just uh, seen the video of three of our preachers that will be sharing this week as far as March Gladness is concerned. I know that on today they're going to pick the top 68 teams to go to the NCAA tournament that's going to be in Indianapolis. However, I got three of God's most gifted preachers that's going to come and share with us this week here at the St. Paul Church. We want to make this real easy for you. Of course, in these pandemic times, you don't have to worry about trying to get something to eat before you come to church. You don't have to worry about trying to make sure your children are taken care of. Guess what? You can go online to Facebook, to YouTube, to the church website, or to our virtual congregation. Click a couple of buttons and you're in church. We're going to be here live this week as far as music and ministers are concerned. However, you can join us and guess what? You don't even have to get dressed up fancy. So I want you to do me this favor. I want you to share with family and friends and others 
invite them to participate and check us out here at St. Paul as far as March Gladness is concerned. Dr. Charles Goodman from Augusta, Georgia, uh, the Tabernacle Baptist Church, Dr. Gina Stewart from Christ Missionary Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, and Dr. Maurice Watson from Metropolitan Baptist Church in Largo, Maryland. Three of God's most gifted preachers, and I guarantee you're going to be blessed. We want this service to last no more than an hour, hour, 15 minutes at the most. And so guess what? We're going to be trying to get the preachers up by about 7.20, about 7.20. So we're coming. We're going to sing a couple of songs, have scripture prayer, take up an offering, and then we're going to get to the word after a sermonic selection. So please, ma'am, please, sir, join us. We want to have good viewing numbers, but even more importantly, we want your life to be made better because you have heard these preachers share. So because of that, we will not be doing a quick 15 this week, nor will we be having Bible study this week. It will return on the next week. Just also want to let you know that we have the beginning of Financial Peace University on March 23rd, uh, um, uh, 2021. The first 21 individuals or families that sign up through our church website can purchase uh, the uh, information or the membership necessary for this course for $90. Usually it's about a hundred um, that's a $40 saving, rather, over the registration fee as far as the website is concerned. The class is going to start on Tuesday, March the 23rd, and continue for nine weeks. Just also want to mention that our media ministry needs you. We're looking forward to people who have a desire to uh, work behind the scenes and be a blessing as far as our media ministry is concerned. We need people who are interested in operating our cameras and doing graphics as well as serving as what is called technical director. If you're interested in doing that, contact Sister Camise Noel at Camise, C-A-M-E-S-E dot N-O-E-L at Yahoo dot com. Amen. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. As we prepare to move forward as far as our worship experience is concerned, I just want to share some information as far as funerals are concerned, and we want you to lift these persons up in prayer. The family of Sister Margaret Massey, she's the sister-in-law of Disciple uh, Patricia Love. Her viewing took place yesterday. Her homegoing services are today at 2 o'clock at Second Missionary Baptist Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We want to continue to lift up the family of Brother Joe Johnson, the wife of Disciple Ernestine Johnson. We continue to lift up the family of Brother Disciple Joel Odom. Uh, he's the son of uh, Brother Joel R. Odom. We lift up the family of Brother Howard Hunter, the father of Disciple Melinda Hunter. And uh, we want to flank them with our prayers. We also want to lift up uh, several of our disciples who are in the hospital. Their names may be scrolling uh, on the screen, uh, but several of our disciples have either been hospitalized or having surgery or dealing with uh, a significant illness, and we lift them up in prayer, particularly those who have gone in as of late. We lift up Raymond Goggins, uh, Barbara Green, Audrey Pride, uh, Isola McLaughlin, 
and we want to lift up Reverend Brenda Richardson. Reverend Brenda Richardson had to have emergency surgery last week, and we continue to flank her with our prayers. She has been very appreciative of phone calls and text messages. However, uh, I need you to do me a favor, if you would, uh, kind of back up off the phone calls and the text messages because she needs to get her rest. She's going to be out of commission for a few weeks, and we want to give her the space to recover. She is so appreciative of your kindness and generosity as far as your love and concern. Uh, however, I'm going to ask that if you would continue to uh, back off just for a little while so that she can have the space to rest and to recover. I also ask that we will lift up uh, our pastor emeritus, uh, uh, Dr. Paul Drummond, who is in the hospital. We want to uh, lift him and Sister Thomasina uh, up in prayer. And Sister Drummond, of course, says that she is so appreciative of your calls. Uh, I ask that if you would do me a favor, if you would moderate that as well. We don't want to oversaturate, but we do want to demonstrate our love and care and concern. We know that God can do anything but fail. And so as we prepare to go to the throne of grace, I'm going to ask that Reverend D'Angelo Dia will come. He's going to take us uh, to the Lord in prayer, and then we will make preparation to receive the Lord's offering. Let us go to God in prayer. For being a restorative God, we say thank you. For being a God of mercy, we say thank you. For being a righteous God, we say thank you. For being a forgiving God, we say thank you. God, thank you for another day, another day that we know that we don't deserve, but you've given us to it anyway. God, thank you for another day that knowing that even if we get things wrong, that we are still abundantly loved by you. God, we're so thankful for this sacred place, God. God, we're thankful for the preaching and teaching of this sacred place. God, we're thankful for this choir, God, that leads us Sunday after Sunday. God, we're thankful for every ministry within this sanctuary, God, that continues to do the work of kingdom building, God, in spite of a pandemic, God. For their labor, God, we say thank you. God, for Women's History Month, God, we say thank you. For women of past, present, and future, God, that continue to labor for a world that is yet to give them the full benefits, God democracy. For the labor and sacrifice, God, we say thank you. Knowing that in due time, God, that all things will work out according to your will. God, you've heard the names this morning, God. God, we ask that you would give them healing and give them comfort, God. Yes. Be with them, God, in only the way that you can, God. Wrap your loving arms around them, God. Let them know that they are abundantly loved, God. God, pour into them, God. God, be with the caretakers that are watching over them, God. And for their presence in their lives, God, we say thank you. God, for our frontline workers, God, we say thank you. And God, we also ask that you would continue to be with our displaced citizens from Tent City, God. Be with them, God. Let them know that you have not turned your back on them, God. Be with them in a righteous way. And God, we don't take the madness and messiness of this world as a joke, God, but we know that ultimately all power is in your hands, God. You're the ultimate of everything, God, the ultimate artist, the ultimate preacher and teacher, God. So thus you must be the ultimate comedian. So God, at the end of this journey called life, God, I ask that you would just give us a reverberating laughter, God. The kind of laughter and joy, God, that will give our pain purpose. And for that purpose, God, we say thank you. 
Thank you for the divine calling that are over each of us, God. We consider the words of my mouth and the prayers unspoken, God, already answered. It is in the name of the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, that everybody that truly believes says, amen. 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 If you believe that your prayers are being answered at this time, can you put your hands together and celebrate our God and give God praise? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Dia, for uh, that wonderful, wonderful prayer. Uh, before I move on, uh, I want to do one other thing. I want to um, just send major congratulations to Reverend Marco McNeil. He successfully defended his dissertation this past Monday. And so, um, in a sense, he is considered to be a doctor of the Lord's church. Uh, he will be engaging in a virtual graduation in the next few months. And we celebrate and we thank God for his hard work and for his um, uh, tenacity as far as his dissertation is concerned. Amen. So congratulations, Dr. Marco McNeil. Amen. 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 I was in his dissertation and he was talking for over two hours. He had all my prayers and supplications. Amen. Seemed like he was being hazed as far as that was concerned. So, uh, but he made it through. He made it through. Well, guess what? It is time for us to give. It is time for us to give. And what a wonderful way and opportunity for us to partner with our God as far as this um, capacity to demonstrate our generosity. Here at St. Paul Church, there are three ways in which you can give. The first one is by either sending your check or money order to the church at 14 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can bring your check, cash, or money order to the church. Just call the church first to make sure that someone is here to receive the offering. We will take that offering, place it in the safe, and we will count it on the following Sunday. And the number here at the church is 704-334-5309. The second way you can give is by going to our church website and following either the ACS prompt or the Church Light app, and you can give in that manner. The third way you can give is through the app called Givelify. You can download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So I want you to do me a favor. However you're giving this morning, if you have already given, just hold up your right hand. If you have your gift, if you would, hold that in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to give unto you. You've blessed us by the work of our hand and the sweat of our brow. And for that, we say thank you. God, for those who are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings, your word has a special promise. God, for those that are trying to grow and stretch to that baseline, and that's the baseline of giving tithes and offerings, we pray you will enhance their faith. God, we pray you will take these gifts of ours. You will multiply them in a Godful way for those of us that are giving tithes and offerings. Stretch us to give even more. Because we understand that we can't beat you giving no matter how hard we try. God, these gifts are an expression of our love and appreciation for all you're doing so far. As we give out of obedience and out of our largesse, we know that you can do something magnificent and miraculous with our gifts. 
It is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. If you would, go ahead and give at this time, and we ask that you would pray for the preacher that a word will be given on this day.
Keep it right there, Scott. Keep it right there. Keep it right there. Can I get a little bit more of that? to do me a favor if you wouldn't mind can we give God praise for our minister of music he wrote that song that's an original by him and amen that that reaches to the soul and snatch you thank you Scott thank you for your gift man my God what yeah yeah that that gets me <laughs> that gets me that gets me that gets me Hallelujah. I want to, I want to for uh, the time that is going to be mine, since this is uh, Women's Month, and I know that last week I preached from Proverbs 31. I want to go back to Proverbs 31 today. Uh, one thing about preaching is that. Uh, as long as I've been doing it, I ought to be able to at least take the same text and twist it a different way and find something else to bring out of it. So today I want to call your attention to Proverbs 31, 26 through 31. Then I want to go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We'll find these words printed. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. 
she opens her mouth in wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And then uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to preach for the time that is mine uh, this morning, uh, a woman's worth. A woman's worth. Oh, that's Roosevelt. Okay, I didn't know who that was coming in here. All right. Amen. A woman's worth. This world does not value the work, the contributions, the accomplishments, or the achievements our sisters have to offer. Many women are unappreciated, undervalued, and underestimated at home, in school, in the community, in the workplace, and the church, which has unfortunately created abusive relationships, unrealistic friendships, and unmanageable lifestyles. However, the love of God has the potential and possibility to create a sense of worth and esteem that reminds a woman she is worthy and will give a lady a sense of virtue and strength. Alicia Keys, on her debut album almost 20 years ago, had a song entitled A Woman's Worth. And the key premise of that song denotes the fact how a woman got a sense of worth and value because of her connection to a man. The words go something like this. You can buy me diamonds. You can buy me pearls. Take me on a cruise around the world. Baby, you know I'm worth it. Dinner lit by candles. Run my bubble bath. Make love tenderly to last and last. Baby, you know I'm worth it. Want to please, want to keep, want to treat your woman right. Not just though, better show that you know she's worth your time. If you lose, you'll lose if you choose to refuse to put her first. She will and she can find a man who knows her worth. Now, while there's nothing wrong with a man treating a woman like this, can I submit today, sisters, that these things are fleeting? Diamonds and gold are fleeting. Man might leave you. 
And I want to contend that eventually there is more to life and love than material possessions. The writer of Proverbs and the scribe of the epistle of Rome has a word speaking generally to all of us and speaking specifically to sisters to encourage, enrich, and enhance the essence and efficacy of your femininity. Alicia Keys infers that a woman's worth is intrinsically connected to material possessions and her relationship with a man. Sadly, we live in a society that calls women to think they're not worthy or special or unique because of who they are materially, physically, or relationally. Some sisters think something is wrong if they're not married by 26, have their first child by 28, made their major career move by 33, got a family intact by 35. That's one husband, 2.5 kids, and a dog, rolling in dough by 40, ready to retire by 59, and join Social Security at 62.5 years. However, I know too many sisters who had their first child at 16 and never got married. I know too many sisters who had a child at 18, got married at 22, divorced at 24, next child at 25, married again at 30, working a dead-end job, low-paying wage, no benefit, where the male co-workers are trying to scream at you, the boss is trying to hit on you, children are clamoring over you, and your man ain't satisfying you. You're unhappy. In your relationship, you're empty spiritually, you're drained emotionally. And if you could, you will leave the kids with the grandparents, go find you a beach, and have you some adult beverages. Yet, this is not the solution to the dilemma facing sisters today. God knows virtuous women have to be transformed in their thinking and redeemed by the blood of the lamb. God wants women to understand that their worth and significance is not connected to a man, a job, your children, or your education, but to God. In today's society, we got too many sisters who have turned to the arms of someone looking for assurance that ultimately must come from above and must come from within. Sisters, the essence of your worth and esteem and value must come from inside of you, but it is powered by the presence of the Holy Ghost. The essence of who you are is not dependent upon the culture, your education, your pedigree, your social status, your sorority, your club, your apparel, your financial portfolio, or the neighborhoods you grew up in. No, the epitome of who you are as a lady is more than the mascara you have on your face, more than the clothes you got on your body, more than the car you drive, more than the home you live, or more than the man who is under your arm. Your worth is defined by the God who has made you and shaped you in God's image. Yahweh has a vested interest in you, sister, because you are special. Yahweh has a vested interest because Yahweh knows you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're exceptional, you're marvelous, you are majestic, you're intelligent, you're exquisite, you have worth, your value goes beyond a fifth. Avenue perspective. 
The writer of Proverbs talks about this woman who has a sense of who God is as well as who she is. The concept of virtue is equated with strength, courage, and wisdom. And the woman in Proverbs is noted for her hard work, for her inquisitive intelligence, and for her assertive character. The Bible, though, is filled with virtuous women. Sarah was a virtuous woman because she gave birth in her old age. Miriam was a virtuous woman because she assisted her baby brother Moses in liberating the children of Israel from Egypt. Deborah was a virtuous woman, but she served as the judge of the nation Israel and gave them a prophetic word. Hannah was a virtuous woman because she understood where her blessing Samuel came from. Abigail was a virtuous woman because she protected the interests of her husband against King David. Esther was a virtuous woman because she had the courage to stand up and speak up for her people. Vashti was a virtuous woman because she did not do a lap dance before the men that her husband wanted her to do. Ruth and Naomi were virtuous women because of the God they were willing to serve. Elizabeth was a virtuous woman because she did not get jealous of her cousin's pregnancy. Mary was a virtuous woman because she accepted the will of God to be the mother of the Savior of this world. Phoebe was a virtuous woman because she served as a deacon in the Lord's church. Lydia was a virtuous woman because she was a benefactor as far as the work of ministry is concerned. We all know virtuous women in our lives who gives us help and respect and love and life as far as them navigating in the spaces of our our reality. This woman described in Proverbs 31 is not worried about favor. She's not worried about charm or beauty because she knows those things are fleeting. She's not worried about what people say about her, what they did to her, what they thought about her. She was secure in herself. She knew her worth was not dependent upon her husband, her money, or her status in the community. She knew her worth was connected to her worship of her God. There was a reverence, respect, and adoration this woman had for Yahweh. And she was not afraid to worship and praise her God. She had no problem establishing relationship with Yahweh. She knew that it was nobody but the Lord who put food on her table. She knew it was the Lord that gave her strength to do the work she did. She knew it was the Lord that gave her the mind to reason and rationalize about her reality. She knew it was the Lord that gave her a loving and understanding husband. She knew it was the Lord that helped her raise her children. She knew it was the Lord. Lord that gave her the ability to make money. She knew it was the Lord that furnished her character and honor. She knew it was the Lord that gave her the body that made men swoon. She knew it was the Lord that kept her upright and kept her character. She knew it was nobody but God. This is what we find in Proverbs 31. A woman who is secure in herself because of her relationship with her God. But we also see in another passage of scripture how Paul gives lift to what it means to be also a woman of worth. Paul gives a New Testament insight into how a sister can attain a sense of worth that ain't measured in dollars and cents, clothing, or jewelry. 
There are a lot of women who can get all dressed up, but they ain't got nowhere to go. And yet Paul talks about how the believer and how his or her relationship with God is very important as far as understanding worth and value. I want to submit that one of the problems we have in the church is that there are some men and unfortunately some women who want to subjugate and debase the value of sisters in society and the church. And even during the time of Paul, women did not have rights or privileges that men had to respect. They were treated as property during the time of Paul. But I'm so glad the God that we serve is not caught up in chauvinism and patriarchy, misogyny, and limiting our sister. Paul really comes out of the bag in chapter 12 of Romans because he challenges all of us in general. However, I want to focus on the sisters in particular. So when the writer of Proverbs talk about the fear of the Lord, he is talking about how this virtuous woman worshiped her God. The problem with many of us is that unfortunately for us, worship is designed for us to get what we want. But I want to submit that worship ain't authentic until God get what God deserves. Whenever we're doing in the church, whether it's in our membership or our leadership, whether we give our tithes and offerings, whether we're engaging in singing or prayers, somewhere in the process of all of that, God ought to get what God deserves. God gives you what you want every day, whether you recognize it or not. You get what you want and what you need. Let me see if I can make it plain. With every breath you take, you get what you want. With every step you make, you get what you want. While the blood runs warm in your veins, you get what you want. If the Lord has a roof over your head, you get what you want. If the Lord has taken care of you, you get what you want. If your husband has left you, but you're still making it guess what? You get what you want. If the Lord puts you in a job that you know you don't deserve, you have gotten what you want. If the Lord help you to watch over your children, you get what you want. Guess what? Even if you feel deprived and disabled or deficient physically, financially, emotionally, or mentally, if you were able to get up this morning and say, good morning, you have gotten what you want. But when does God get what God deserves? I hear folks saying, well, you know, I clicked in on the computer and I went to virtual church and I didn't get anything out of it. Have you ever thought that what goes on in worship ain't for you? That worship is not a time for you to get, but a time for you to give. Worship is not something for you to come to. It's something that comes from you. And a virtuous woman knows that God deserves to get something every now and then. A virtuous woman knows that God deserves the glory, that God deserves the honor, that God deserves the praise, and that God deserves to be worshipped. Why? Because God is worthy of all that we can give. And because God is worthy, God transfers that worth to those who worship him. I like what Paul says. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that term brethren is inclusive. It's brothers and sisters that by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. How can a woman, how can our sisters understand and even appreciate and even bask in uh, their worth? A few things I want to share with you, and then I bid you all to do. First of all, a woman's worth is found in expressing herself rather than impressing others. Uh, in Proverbs uh, 31, verse 26 and 27, we see that when she's opened her mouth, she has something worth hearing and she knows how to get her point across. When she shows up, she's in boss mode and keeps everybody on point. See, 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 when when a real woman knows what she brings to the table, she ain't got to impress anybody. We see this in God because God wants us as disciples in general and women in particular to be more interested in expressing rather than impressing. And I would dare say that far too much that pass off for religion is designed to impress others uh, about something about ourselves and not express something about our God or how God is working on our behalf. May I suggest that when you quote the Bible but you don't live the Bible, you're just impressing. That when you pop up in virtual worship space uh, just to say you were there, you're just impressing. That when you engage in ministry just to have your name called, you're just impressing. That when you buy things you don't need with money, you don't have trying to impress folks you don't like, that's just impressing. That when you have the latest fashion but ain't going nowhere because you're quarantined, you're, you're just impressing. And, and, and God does not need anybody to impress God. Guess what? You and I can't impress God to save our lives. Why can't we impress him? Well, because you were born in sin. And, and you were shaped in iniquity. Uh, after all, we were not there when God laid the foundations of the world. We were not there when God flung the stars against the black canvas of the universe. We were not there when God arrayed the sun uh, in uh, her uh, yellow paraphernalia and the moon uh, in her silvery nightgown. We, we were not there when God said, let there be and be has kept on being ever since. After all, uh, we were not there when God called things that are not as though they were and after all all our righteousness are like filthy rags in God's sight but God says uh, through Paul present your bodies your bodies present your bodies this is an expression of authentic faith and unquestioning trust present your bodies not because you Want to, but because you have to. Present your bodies. Nobody can make you do it. You must willingly do it. Present your bodies, not because you want the world to see you, but because you want Jesus to see you. Present your bodies. God want your body. But we treat our bodies any kind of way. We abuse the body. We neglect the body. We desecrate the body. We disregard the body. We ignore the body. Oh. Sisters, ignore 
the pain in their body because they've been told that if you can have a baby, you can handle the pain. No, you can't do that. You ignore the signs from your body because you're too tired and you fall into the doldrums of depression. Why? Because you ignore the body. We ignore the body and mistreat the body when we overeat or when we undereat or when we're not active or when we're too active or when we're participating in harmful substance abuse like alcoholism and crack and marijuana and cocaine and meth and fentanyl and heroin or when we're sleeping with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes your way and wind up contracting an STI that you can't get rid of. And even if you practice safe sex, there are some things that are con them can't protect you from like a broken heart and abusive emotions and a stressed out mind yep i'm going there sisters i want to encourage you to take care of your body Sisters, I want to encourage you to have your annual checkups. Sisters, I want to encourage you to go get the pap smear. I want to encourage you to do your monthly breast exams for lumps. I want to encourage you to eat right, exercise drastically. You got to present your body as a living sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. Am, am I preaching okay for y'all? Uh, 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 but there's something else. That, that I appreciate about the text and that is a woman knows she has worth when her relationships are transformational, not just transactional. Uh, uh, it's, it's right there in Proverbs 31, 28 and 29. Uh, we see that her children respect her and bless her. Her husband gives her flowers while she's alive. The community looks up to her. And while many women have done great things, the Bible says she outclassed them all. This sister has love, admiration, and respect of others because the people who are connected to her have been changed for the better because she's been in their space. There's a difference between transformational relationships and transactional relationships. A transformational relationship occurs... When the focus is on a person and positive change occurs because of the relationship. A transactional relationship occurs when you're trying to get something out of somebody while putting in as little as possible. This is when both parties are in it for themselves and where partners do things for each other with the expectation of reciprocity. This, this is where ultimately all relationships start. Even our relationship with God through Jesus Christ starts off as transactional because too many of us come to God to save us and to give us a get out of hell free card. So we give to God because we want blessings. We serve God because we want blessings. We come to church because we want blessings. That is transactional. But when you move to transformational, you serve God because of who God is. You worship God because of who God is. You bless God because of who God is. You give your tithes and offerings because of who God is. And when you engage in transformational relationship, you don't serve, you don't give, you don't love, you don't do none of that looking for anything in return. You do it because of who God is. 
is, and you know that God is no shorter than his word. And when you make that shift into human relationships, you love because you want to love. And you give because you want to give without any expectation of reciprocity. I know that's hard because that's not how our human spirit is designed. Your expectation is only to be present, give and receive with gratitude. You become authentic in a transformational relationship because you no longer have to pretend so you can get something. You you have no problem with trying and even failing because you know failure does not have to be fatal or final. You have no problem moving beyond your comfort zone to be in relationship because you're cool with who you are. And if they like you, fine. And if they don't, they're lost. You, you are changed and made more virtuous because you know the focus ain't you, but it's God. And when you reach this state, Sisters, you become more peaceful, you become more joyous, you become more thankful, you become more loving, you become more forgiving, and you become more graceful. You have more influence and you have more control over your life because you have placed yourself in the hands of the loving and sovereign God. Here is how transformation versus transaction look. Transformational is focused on we. Transactional is just me. Transformational is other center. Transactional is self-centered. Transformational is what you can give. Transactional is what you can get. Transformational is who you become. Transactional is what you become. Transformational is based on your relationship with the Holy Ghost. Transactional is based upon selfishness and self-aggrandizement. So you move from being transactional to being transformational. Let me give this to you as well that also sisters you get to really know your worth because you understand what it means to become a living sacrifice you must present your body as a living sacrifice the 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 concept of living sacrifice means that it is a constant and continuous sacrifice Uh, the worth of a woman is when she dedicates her body to live for God. This is a sacrifice of what you want for what God desires. See, when the Jews brought their sacrifices, it was based upon the concept how God would not be pleased without a sacrifice. So so they brought what they could afford. They brought doves, pigeons, goats, bulls, and lambs. But death took the sacrifice. God ain't looking for a dead sacrifice. He wants a living sacrifice. Isaiah wrote where God said, I've had enough of your burnt offerings of ram and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. God wants something else. God does not want your dead stuff. God does not want a dead sacrifice. And I contend that a whole lot of folk that are in the church are dead. A whole lot of folks that have their names on the church roll, but they're dead. A whole lot of folks are in the number, but they're dead. No zeal, no life, no enthusiasm, no passion, no power, no purpose, no Pentecostal fire for the Lord. Just 
dead, uh, uh, sitting on your couch, uh, watching the congregation in virtual church, just dead, uh, waving your hands, uh, but dead, uh, uh, claiming to know that you love the Lord, but your life don't demonstrate that you know the Lord, dead. Uh, here you are caught up uh, in the euphoria of praise and worship and don't know the God that you're praising or worship. That means you are as stiff as a corpse and you're as cold as a cadaver. You're dead. But God says, I want a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice says, use my hands and my feet. A living sacrifice says, here I am, Lord. Send me a living sacrifice says, I'll go where you want me to go. A living sacrifice says, I don't care if you are a woman. If the Lord said do it, you better do it. We know what it means to be a living sacrifice. Can I tell you some examples of living sacrifices? Your mother was a living sacrifice or is a living sacrifice when she didn't have much food. But she knew how to scrimp and save and Make do with leftovers and somehow fixed a meal suited for a king. That's a living sacrifice. When your wife sacrificed her body, carried a child for nine months, 270 days, gained weight, gave up a Coke bottle shape to become a two-liter just to have your child, living sacrifice. When mama couldn't go to school but worked from sunup to sundown, pinch pennies, nickels, and dimes to send you to school and see you walk across the stage with a college degree, living sacrifice. When your boo or your bae, your honey bunch, put up with your trifling ways and kept you and others would have thrown you back like unwanted fish, living sacrifice. When the lady of your life held her tongue when she wanted to cuss you out, living sacrifice. When sisters served those who could not pay them back, living sacrifice. When women who don't have children but still raises other people's children through teaching, serving, giving, and encouraging, living sacrifice. When ladies don't realize uh, their high aspirations for a family with a spouse or to have children because they aren't married and their dreams seem to be dashed, living sacrifice. But I'm here to tell you, sisters, I'm here to tell you, women, that your worth is not diminished because of what you don't have. Your worth is secure because you're daughters of the Most High God. God knows we are here today. God knows that those of us that have survived, we're the great, 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 great grandchildren of slaves, of those who were brought to these shores like cattle going to an auction. They endured the chains. They lived through the master's lash. Our women were raped and beaten. They had no agency over their bodies. Their children were taken from them and sold to other plantations. They picked cotton from light to dust, from can't see to can't see. But here we are alive right now because of their sacrifice. Here we are living and breathing because of their survival. 
Here we are able to even show up in church in a quarantine moment because of their living sacrifice. Let me close because my time is up. But finally, a woman understands her worth better when her mind has been renewed. Romans 12 verse 2 tells us that your mind has been impacted and negatively affected by sin. And your mind must undergo a radical transformation. In other words, uh, I want to submit there has to be a spiritual brain transplant that you must undergo to appreciate who you are as well as whose you are. See, the problem is too many of us, male and female, man and woman, operate in the flesh. And when we operate in the flesh, there's a tendency to be self-centered, self-seeking, and selfish. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted. You need to take care of yourself. There's nothing wrong with you loving on yourself. Every now and then, you need to spoil yourself. Nothing wrong with that. But when your mind has been renewed, you're not the same person with the same thoughts and inhibitions you had before. When you have a renewed mind, it produces a transformed or a changed life. The reason why some sisters don't know their worth is because their minds uh, have not been renewed, meaning that their lives uh, have not been transformed. See, when your mind is not renewed, you have a skewed view of reality, yourself and others. In other words, you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. When your mind is not renewed, you tend to use uh, your body to get what you want when you want it and how you want it. When your mind is not renewed, you have a vamp, tramp, traitor syndrome when it comes to relationships. A vamp is a sister who finds some unlucky sucker, I mean brother, use him for his money and his body and when she's finished, kicked him to the curb. A tramp is a sister who don't care what she has to do to get a man and will get a man that she knows got somebody else. And a traitor is a sister who will try to sleep with her best friend's man because she has no conscience, no values, no morals, and no man of her own. When your mind is not renewed, you get a sense of your worth from your clothes, your car, your cash, or your companion. When your mind is not renewed, you'll even come to church thinking that people need to bow down to you like you're the queen of Sheba. But when your mind has been renewed, when your mind has been changed, it will change your attitude. And a change in your attitude will cause a change in your aptitude. And a change in your aptitude will cause a change in your altitude. Let me if I could see if I could put it this way. When your mind is renewed, there'll be a change in your feelings. A change in your feelings will produce a change in your thoughts. A change in your thoughts will affect how high you can fly. A renewed mind leads to a transformed life. 
a transformed life will allow God to bring out the best in you. When your mind is renewed, Paul said, let this mind be in you. That's also in Christ Jesus. What God wants now is somebody who is willing to give God praise regardless of what's going on in your life. And when your mind has been renewed, you can praise God whether you're up or down. You can give God praise whether it's sunny or rainy. You can give God praise on the mountain or down in the valley. You can give God praise whether you have sorrow or whether you have joy. You can give God praise whether you have defeat or whether you are a victor. I come to understand that we got to use every opportunity to give God praise for the wonderful things that God has done. Uh, don't be afraid uh, to take every opportunity uh, and offer up uh, a sacrifice for God uh, because you know had it not been for Jesus uh, and all he's done for you, ain't no telling uh, where you would be right now. Am I talking uh, to any sisters out there uh, that know uh, what God has done? Uh, I'm closing uh, and I want to encourage uh, our sisters. Uh, I'm closing. Uh, I want to encourage uh, our women. Uh, I'm closing. Uh, I want to encourage uh, our ladies uh, that your worth uh, is not in diamonds and pearls. <laughs> your worth uh, is not in silver or gold. Your worth is not because you got something from Alexander McQueen or Michael Kors or Gucci or Louis Vuitton or Burberry or Prada. Your worth is not because you drive a Jag or a Lexus or a BMW or a Cadillac or a Mercedes or a Range Rover. Your worth is not because you have girlfriends to chill with, children to play with, or a man to have sex with. But I stopped by to remind our sisters, you have worth because God has made you in God's image. You have worth because God loves you so much. You have worth because the Lord is your shepherd. You have worth because the Lord is your refuge and your strength. You have worth because the Lord is your light and your salvation. You have worth because the Lord is the lover of your soul. Can I close this thing the way that I feel it? So sisters, I want you to know that if you don't find a real man to love you, if you don't have somebody to validate you, if you don't have somebody to spoke I stop by to remind you, you got a real God who loves you. You got a real Christ who validates you. You got a real Holy Ghost who will spoil you. Regardless of your complexion, regardless of your race, regardless of your weight, regardless of your education, Regardless of your past, regardless of your looks, 
regardless of your secrets, regardless of your shortcomings, regardless of your failures, regardless of your hair texture, regardless of your mess, I need you to know the God we serve loves you, and it's from that God you get your worth, and when you know your worth is in your God, you don't have to walk around trying to impress other folks. When you know God is the God of your help, you don't have to walk around trying to use somebody else. When you know God is your sustainer, you don't have to worry about what other folks say. Cause you can claim your virtue, you can claim your worth, you can claim your power. I want you to know, sisters, we serve a God that wants you to know you're worthy. You're worthy of his love. You're worthy of his joy. You're worthy of his peace. You're worthy of his grace. You're worthy of his forgiveness. You're worthy of his mercy. You're worthy of his power. You're worthy of his salvation. You're worthy of his glory. Anybody out there watching me right now? Do I have any sisters that know you are worthy of everything the Lord wants to give you? So I want you to straighten up your head, lift up your head, straighten up your shoulders, straighten up your back, stand tall, and let somebody know that you are a daughter of the Most High God. real good but can I tell you some women that I know were worthy Brianna Taylor was worthy Sandra Bland was worthy Nakia Boyd was worthy Harriet Tubman was worthy Sojourner Truth was worthy Mary McLeod Bethune was worthy Dorothy Height was worthy Ida B. Wells was worthy Fanna Lou Hamer was worthy Coretta Scott King was worthy Rosa Parks was worthy Diane Nash was worthy And when I think about who some worthy women are in my life to say, here uh, my wife is worthy, uh, my daughter Cherish is worthy, uh, my mama is worthy, uh, my sisters are worthy, uh, my sisters' moms are worthy, uh, the women are worthy at St. Paul are worthy, all black women are worthy, uh, all the women are worthy, uh, so I thank God uh, for the women uh, who stand tall, who stand bold, courage, who stand in strength, and who is able to say, like Esther said, if I perish, let me perish, cause I'm going to see the king. I'll see y'all later. May the Lord bless you real good, but I'm glad that we got some sisters. I'm glad that we got some women that ain't afraid to let somebody know what the Lord can do for us. I'll tell you why I give God praise for the women because had it not been for the women, we would not know that Jesus got up with all power in his 
his hand. The first gospel was preached not by Peter. The first gospel was preached not by Paul. The first gospel was preached not by Matthew. Was preached by the women. Way tomb. Morning. Saw your Lord. My Lord. He declared, I got all power. In my hand. Hallelujah. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Women, you have worth. You have value, you have virtue, not only in Women's Month and not only on Women's Day, but 365 days, 24 hours, seven days a week, you have worth, you have value. Listen. Tester one, two. As we make preparations to open the doors of to extend to you this opportunity this opportunity to have a relationship with God was it not for the women Peter would probably still be fishing if it weren't for the women he wouldn't have known he and all the boys, they were hiding, shaking in fear. But those women knew the worth of their Savior. And he extended to them the historical significance of being able to share the last part of the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection. Those women were able to share the resurrection story. I, I want you to know that as you're watching me right now, we get ready to close out in prayer. That because of the women, because they told the story and validated that Jesus is alive, you have a wonderful opportunity to have relationship with that same God. I, I want to, if I could, lead you in a short prayer. Prayer of new life, prayer of brand new start. Um, prayer of you having a transformed mind. And as I pray this prayer, if this prayer means something to you, I want you to follow some instructions I'm going to give you after this prayer. So if you would, bow your heads and if you would, repeat after me. God, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for my sins. God, I come to you because I need a Savior. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I believe you sent Jesus 
to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for eternal life. In the name of Jesus, I pray this prayer. Amen. Listen to me. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head and your heart. You meant that prayer in your mind and your spirit. Salvation is yours. Is it really that easy? Yes. It's, it's really that easy. You ain't saved because of your works. You ain't saved because you come to church. You are saved because of faith and your confession in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head and your heart and your mind and your spirit, I want you to do me a favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you would just type in salvation, type in salvation. One of our digital ministers or influencers will reach out to you and let you know what next steps are. If you're listening to us on the telephone or if you are watching us online and you want salvation, I want you to do me this favor. If you would email us. As far as salvation is concerned, email us at our church um, email address online and we will reach out to you. And let me, if I could, give you that address real quick. Email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309 if you want to know what next steps are as far as salvation. If you're saying, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I would love to connect with you all as a church. I would love to make St. Paul my tribe. We would love to have you. I want you to do me a favor, and if you would, type in connect in the chat box on our Facebook page or our website. Type in connect, and one of our digital ministers or social media influencers will connect with you and let you know what the next steps are. Or if you're on the phone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at the church office at 704-334-5309. Amen. 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 Well, sisters, I hope and pray that this word has encouraged you in particular. And to all of us, I pray that this word has blessed you uh, individually. Uh, we get ready to go. And uh, I pray that you all would join us Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for our March Gladness Revival. I guarantee you will be blessed beyond your wildest imagination. Amen. Let us close out in prayer. And we will consider ourselves dismissed. God, we thank you for the women, for their work and their worth and their witness and their, their work. Thank you, oh God, how they serve, how they engage, how they stand up, even when others try to push them down. Thank you, oh God, for virtuous, worthy sisters, whether they're married or single, divorced or widowed. Thank you, God. For virtuous women, whether they're young or old, thank you, oh God, for the women. 
And now, God, as we move from this place and space, but never from your presence nor your power, keep us in your sovereign care. And now unto him who is able to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy, tell the wise God, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Listen, I love you. God loves you even more. Have a strong, blessed week in the Lord. Continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, practice social, physical distancing. We're not behind this virus yet. Please take care of yourself. God bless you.